What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode six of the Old English D podcast. My name is Casey. As always, alongside me, Josh. How you doing today, good sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. How how is your how's your day going? Oh, you know, we are we are doing well. Uh, currently in progress of watching the Monday night Tigers game. And, uh, well, you know, currently they're losing, but it, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have a lot of losing to talk about over this last week of baseball. So really what's new? Um, no, other than that, how was your mother's day? Mother's day was great. Got to yeah. say, say happy mother's day to my mom in person I Ooh, seen her yes. for a little bit. So I made the for trip sure. up. So for sure. For good. sure. Uh, I did as well. However, that's not as weird for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no mother's day, mother's day was great. Didn't have as much driving to do as you. But um, got to got to watch some sporting events. Um, uh, had the game on on the side for sure because um, that Sunday game was a little bit of a snooze fest. But we'll get into it as always. Um, you know, typically what we've been doing is kind of running down uh, you know three takeaways or whatever it may be from the last week. And you know, I realistically the the games weren't that exciting to watch um because you know let's face it the tigers are playing bad baseball um i don't necessarily know if we can stretch and say that they're a bad baseball team um i know in some of those instances and some of those losses um it you know it looks like they are a bad baseball team but i do know that you know if we trust in AJ Hinch, if we trust in a lot of what they're doing, they're putting in the, 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 you know, the grind, um, there could possibly still be a product that's watchable on TV. We just didn't see a lot of that this last week. What are your, some of the, some of your thoughts on that one, Josh? Yeah. I mean, you, it had its moments this week there every once in a while. I mean, Candy's home run late against Houston was pretty awesome. That was a big moment. That was a, that was a really cool moment. Of course, then they came back and lost the game. But um, it it just seems like this team finds ways to lose the game, even when the offense kind of shows up, which it's a terrible recipe for a for a baseball team and not what you're looking for. But we're gonna get into some stuff, and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be good. We're gonna break down some stuff. We're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna detail every single game and i don't think we're gonna detail every single person that's struggling because there's quite a bit of that going but we're gonna we're gonna try to balance out the negativity and the positivity today and i'm excited yeah and so this last week of games um you know they had a postponement um on tuesday and play monday at a postponement on tuesday so they had two days off and it kind of seemed like oh maybe you know maybe a couple days off will be good for them um, then they split doubleheader with the Pirates, and they won one and lost one. And then my hot take came to fruition from last episode. Josh, what happened in the Houston series? Uh, we lost every game. Lost uh, every definitely, game. definitely going to put the uh, the candy home run game on you, just because you you predicted the the sweep. They they had to. Obliged. That's, that's fair. You know, I, and I mean, looking at the scores, we lost three out of four of them, two to three. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like we were playing like non-competitive baseball. And that's what I kind of wanted to bring up. Um, you know, you and I were texting back and forth as we do throughout this week of games. And, and, and you were talking about, right. Like I just, I wish that they were 
losing, like losing, losing, like seven to zero. But because the games are just so close and you kind of think like maybe, maybe they'll inch something out. It's like, okay, well, I kind of got to stick around and watch. Um, and then, I, you know, sun, Sunday was whatever. They, they did not show up for Mother's Day. Um, I blame I blame the pink attire, but that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But I, I truly don't know what to make of this team because, right, a couple more uh, pitches go our way, a couple more swings and a couple more balls, fine grass, go our way, and we win those games. And then we're having a completely different conversation where the Tigers are not, you know, eight and 19. They're instead, you know, have a better record. And they they took maybe two out of four, maybe three out of four. But no, it just had to be that they lost every single game. What are your thoughts on the Houston series? It just feels like with this team, there's kind of two, two, two reasons why it's all happening this way. It seems like our pitching is decent this year. Like we, like I don't think we're we're when it all boils down to it. I don't think we're gonna blow anybody out of the water with our pitching, but it's keeping us competitive. And then just the the mindset of this team has come back from and has done so well late in games under AJ Hinch that you can't stop watching. And even if the team is down by one or two runs late. It just feels like you have to, to stick around. And that's kind of what I was getting at when we were talking was, I mean, I feel like I, with this team, I have to be invested nine innings out of every single game because anything could happen. I, w- I wish that, and then you just get, you feel let down after every single loss because they're losing right. most of the games. I wish, I wish that in the second inning of one of these games, they would just, you know, have a six run frame and just, I'd be able to be, okay, I could just turn this off and, I'll watch watch the breakdown later and get all the information I need in about 15 minutes and not even have to worry about paying attention. But it just a lot of frustrating, frustrating things. A lot of guys not performing well. A lot of guys doing everything right but not getting rewarded. It's just and, and you cannot take away the one thing that I try to keep reminding myself of. It's the Houston Astros are one of, if not the best team in the American League. Not so, playing like it right now, though. They're not. They're not. But they have the talent, and yeah. and they're not a bad baseball team. So they're definitely not a bad baseball team. But I would argue that they're not what they used to be. I mean, uh, cheating scandal aside, or not, what whatever you can say that they've been a, a pretty solid baseball team. At least the makeup of them has been solid for the last five years. But I did not see a lot of the that Houston Astros team over the weekend. I saw a team that knows how to put together wins, and that's the difference between you know, our ball club and theirs, but I didn't see really much of anything that was too impressive. Now, was that the dead ball? You know, I think <laughs> Brisky's start there, it could have been eight to zero pretty quickly <laughs> where like, there was like ball after ball after ball that was like hard hit out in the outfield. It just looked like they were driving lasers off of him, but that was they, off of Brisky, were... right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I mean, I, I, I think, some of it was the dead ball. Some of it was just bad luck. But I, I do think that the team knows how to put together wins. But I don't know if they're like that great of a baseball team. Like, I, honestly, I, I don't know what they're going to look like in, you know, come September. Um, but uh, you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably a better baseball team than the Tigers. Um, so at some point, right, 
you have to start putting a product on the field. Like at some point you just have to start producing and actually in black and white wins and losses. And, and in order to be, you know, a competitive baseball team, you have to start getting those W's. So knowing what we know, and it's, you know, records eight and 19 right now, pending an Oakland A's baseball game right now. Is there a reality where this team is fun to watch this year? I think there is. And I think with a team that's this young, and I think we can say that this team is, is, is a very young baseball team. I think there's a very good chance that this team picks it up later, whether it's competitive or not. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think, you know, when you get guys like Akil Badu back and when you get guys like Riley Green on this team, when you see Casey Mize and Matt Manning back in the rotation, this is a fun baseball team to watch, win or lose, because you have guys also in the lineup like Javier Baez. And, you know, Spencer Torkelson has the potential to hit a ball a country mile. So this team is by no means boring, even in losses at this point. So they're just incredibly so. frustrating. Just incredibly 100%. frustrating. Um, okay. So yeah, with, you know, with all the losses and it can get pretty negative pretty quickly. So, you know, you and I were thinking, okay, how do we inject some positivity into the atmosphere? And, you know, I, I don't think, uh, it's completely alien to anyone who's listening. You are the more positive one of us. (laughs) So I was like, you know, let's just throw a segment in there after we kind of go over the last week games. And and then let's talk about, um, some positive things that are kind of coming around with Josh. So specifically with the tigers, but you're going to lead the segment. So what are some things that you have seen that maybe are leading to a turnaround with this ball club? So, one of the things that I try to look at, and I think it's one of the biggest things to in the modern baseball viewing that you have to have is you have to have this balance between the eye test and you have to have this balance between the metrics, the analytics that were seems like are being shoved down our throats at this point. But I quite enjoy a lot of the numbers when it comes down to analytics. And one of the things, you know, the eye test. You look at the eye test and you say, wow, this team is bad. We've lost so many games. When you start digging a little bit deeper into these at-bats, a lot of these Tigers hitters are having good at-bats. Guys like down the order, like Tucker Barnhart, he's having great at-bats. And he's having a decent offensive year, which I think is kind of surprising at this point. I think we said it at one point. We overestimated his defense and underestimated his offense (laughs) (laughs) somehow, some way. Guys like Spencer Torkelson, I think, I mean, I just saw a couple of innings ago, he had an event where he swung and put the first pitch in play. And I can't remember the last time he did that. Typically he has a good solid four, five, six pitch at bat where he's competitive and he gets the pitcher to a three, two count. That's what you want out of a rookie. You have guys up the order, you know, Meadows is always going to be competitive at the plate. He's has the highest batting average currently in this lineup. Robbie Grossman, you know, he's going to see probably the most pitches of anybody on planet Earth at any point in time. It just, you see some great things and some great approaches, and these guys aren't getting rewarded. And one of the biggest things I think points to that, and this is flipping over back over to that analytics side, that metric side, 
I pulled up a guy that's really, really struggling on baseball savant. It seems like he's having probably one of the worst starts of a year to his career. And that's Jonathan Scope. And you start to dig into some of these percentile rankings where he ranks at within the league and how he re- relates to the rest of the league. And the, the raw standard numbers don't really point to anything spectacular. Actually, they point to something very, very terrible. He's hitting 131 with a 173 on base percentage. He has one home run and he's we're through a hundred over a hundred plate appearances now. So this is, it's not a small sample size and the two numbers that I think really stick out to me on him and watching him lately, this actually doesn't surprise me now because his expected batting average this year is 239. That's a solid 100 points higher than he's hitting right now. And when you look at his percentile rankings, he's in the 100th percentile in outs above average. That means he's better than almost every single player, or he's, he's getting out above average on pitches that on uh, balls in play that he should be getting hits on more than most, if not all of the league. And for the record, I feel like a great example of that was the Houston series. I think there was plenty of times when, and even towards the beginning of the year too, I think he went through a really bad slump uh, there in the middle, but uh, the middle of April, but like the Houston series specifically, it looked like he was just torching the ball and then, and then nothing to show for it. So I, I think, you know, proof is in the pudding, you know, while it doesn't come through black and white, I definitely think that scope has been robbed plenty of times. Still takes some pretty ugly swings though, but absolutely. But I think the biggest positive, not even just a spin, but the biggest positive sign that we've had from this team is Jamer Candelario. Jamer Candelario, ever since the last game of the Dodgers series, has been on a tear. Before that, he was hitting in the 120s, which is pretty awful for a player that's been in the league now. This is his seventh year in Major League Baseball of some kind. And, you know, before that, hitting in the 130s. Uh, he's now hitting in the 200s. He's he's got his batting average back up to over 200. He hit a home run against the Dodgers. He hit a home run against a, a clutch, clutch home run against the Astros with two strikes in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. And he's just been super consistent. And his I feel like his defense has picked up since then as well. So it's it's a good sign that this team can, you know, find its footing. The guys like this are going to help you know, claw this team out of the absolute dumpster fire that we're in right now. And, uh, you know, other signs would include guys like uh, Manning and Mize are both slated to make Man- uh, Manning already made a rehab. One hey, rehab start. Yeah. That's a good and point. Then, yeah. I mean, they're, they're both, yeah, they're both on the way back. Uh, I think Mize's is Thursday, right. And, and yep. Manning's is Friday, his second one. Yeah. Yep. So they're, they're on the way back. We're going to see, you know, this pitching staff has been a godsend because I don't, if we don't have this pitching staff this year, I think we've given up on this team already at this point. I, I don't disagree at what I am a little worried about is, and you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. I, it seems like even when then when we score runs, like the very seldom time that we do uh, somehow, some way, you know, someone then gives up the lead. Um, and specifically I'm referring to, you know, either, Soto when he blew the really it wasn't a save opportunity obviously the game was tied but he had a chance with the momentum swinging in our favor which we all know in baseball games momentum is a lot um and you know 
completely dejected us. And then the big one, Fulmer, where we actually do have the lead and he, he erases it for us. It's scary because what can happen is, you know, you, you, you are pitching well and it's fine when there's not like a lot of high intensity and, you know, there hasn't been a lot of high intensity situations for these bullpen pitchers specifically because we haven't had the lead. Well, it's scary because you get into this mindset of, Oh no, what happens when I actually have the lead? Can I hold it? And then you start talking to yourself in a trap. And that's what I'm worried about for some of these guys, not saying that they've all been bad or, you know, like shown that they can't hold a lead, but I feel like that's the the human nature that starts to come into play. And, and an outing like Fulmer had, uh, what was it? The third, the third game of the Houston series mm-hmm. um, yeah, Saturday's game. Yeah. Like that can, that can eat away at you because you're, you're sitting there like, wow, you know, like I have it nine times out of 10, all these other games. And then the one game it really counted where it would have been really nice for this team to pick up a win. I can't do it. And that's, that's tough to swallow. So, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously keeping things positive, but at the same time, it's like, Oh, like, are you kidding me? Like, like, okay, even we scored runs and now the pitching decides to completely implode. I, I don't know. I mean, that obviously there's a small sample size of, of pitchers pitching with the lead. Um, so we can't really say whether or not that's going to continue, but it's just something to look out for. And, you know, realistically, it can't all be roses and rainbows with a lot of these things. And unfortunately at some point there has to be some kind of consequence for the bad outings and the product you've put on the field. And we saw the first example of that today with some roster moves. Um, Akil Badu, one of our godsend players from last year, rule five pick absolutely jumped on the scene. He's been in a sophomore slump and, you know, he's batting 141. He's had 55 plate appearances. Um, you know, sample size has been plenty large enough for him to really produce. And he hasn't been. So they finally made a call and they're like, all right, you know, we probably have Victor Reyes coming back. I don't know by the weekend, probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already have Derek Hill, who's shown a lot of, a lot of competitive spirit out there. Maybe you know it doesn't always come out in, in um, the box score, but a lot of lot of spirit there. And we just have this guy who's just been sitting on the bench. You know, AJ tried to kind of boost him up in the lineup. One of those games, I think he let off one of those games. Mm. Um, tried to kind of jolt some energy into him, didn't work, you know, and it did, it did kind of feel like, and, and I wish I would have maybe called it last week, but it did kind of feel like, oh man, this is, this is his week. You know, he's really got to show something and he, he just hasn't. Um, what, what are your thoughts on kind of Badu's fall from grace? You know, he doesn't have the sample size that a lot of the other players that have been struggling do, but it's because he didn't he he didn't pass the eye test in the, the plate appearances that he did have he's looked anxious he's looked very he, he hasn't been able to time anything up any kind of pitch fastball off speed anything like that and 
when you look at this roster and you look at, you know, Victor Reyes, switch hitter, he could play all three outfield positions. You know, he, he's shown some pop this year, pretty unfortunate injury that he had the timing of it. Cause it really felt like he was half going to have a kind of start of a breakout year. Hopefully that doesn't go away, but you have Victor Reyes and then you have Derek Hill, who, which I, I feel like Derek Hill is a more direct comparison to Badu, but Derek Hill can hit lefties and righties. Derek Hill can run the bases, if not as well, then better than Badu can. Yeah, I, I think he takes less risks, but they're, well, it may be the same amount of risk, but they seem to be more calculated. You know, not as much power as Badu, but he. Well, Badu has, didn't have any power this year. <laughs> one home power run. potential. Power That's potential. Fair. Yeah. But. Derek Hill can play a gold glove caliber center field. And you can't say that, but do about any position on the baseball field. So it seems like at this point, there's a lot, still a lot of upside, still a lot of a very high ceiling for a kill but he's got to get it figured out on his timing on pitches. It feels like, and if, you know, I think triple A is exactly what he needs right now. He needs somewhere where he can play every single day where he can go out and he can, you know, work on that timing, just get himself right. And, the Tigers, I don't think, are going to be too worse for where, where while he does that, because I think Derek Hill's a great option for them. Yeah, I think it was important, and, and I feel like they they must know that Victor Reyes is, is totally fine. I know he's going to start a rehab assignment, so it, they had to pick a good time. Um, there might be you know another position player that comes up right now is just Ronnie Garcia, who was activated, but just to kind of put a pin in Badu's stats, 140 batting average. 218 OBP, 220 slugging percentage. And again, that number you typically want like over 500 for a power hitter. Hold on. 220? Yeah. What's, I didn't know it was that bad. Holy yeah. and God. Well, hold on. Just wait. It gets worse. What's your favorite <laughs> stat, Josh? Uh, opiate, opiate, uh, opiate, OPS plus. plus. Excuse yep. me. Hey, 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 I threw a, threw a curveball at you. And, you know, um, his OPS plus 34. And again, major league average for that number is a hundred. So yeah, it was time for him to take a trip down to Toledo. I, I truly hope that this will be a godsend for him. I do think, um, you know, realistically it could go one of two ways, but hearing his reaction to the news, and this is Evan Woodbury, one of the reporters who has this on his Twitter, this quote from Badu, um, quote, you've always got to make, parentheses, the best out of it. It's unfortunate. I'm going to go down and get some reps that I need and be ready to come back. I feel like I'm best here. I'm, at, I'm a big league player. I definitely want to be back where I feel like I belong. It's the same mindset parenthetical in Toledo, get back as quick as possible, end quote. And of course, AJ Hinch uh, was asked some questions about it. Um, This is what he had to say, quote, this was unexpected when we started the year. I'm sure he didn't expect it. We didn't expect it. But the reality is this is where we're at. We need him to go decompress and get himself right and play every day. It could be a short stint. It could be a longer one but hopefully he can work on things to be more consistent. I think Hinch above all, above everything black and white, above all the numbers, above all of it. I think a lot of it has to do with just that consistent plate approach. Um, 
obviously we know that one of Hinch's, you know, most important stats to him is OBP and, you know, again, Badoos was like down in the two hundreds. So it just, he wasn't fitting the makeup of this team. And right now, honestly, you can look at it as a demotion or you can look at it as an opportunity. And I truly hope that Badu takes it and runs with it, but it's tough. It's really tough to stay positive about those things, but he just needs to know that, you know, there's always going to be a place on this roster for him. And um, I wonder what's going to happen to that commercial that is like the hype up Detroit Roots <laughs> commercial of, <laughs> of the Badoo and like, oh, some extra O's. I'm like, oh, how are you really going to play that more often? So Badoo isn't the only one who's struggling though. Are there going to be more? Are, are there going to be more send downs to Toledo? What do you think? Looking at this team, it's really tough because most of the position players who are in this lineup are either vets or they're they're not. I think they're probably out of options by now. Got, I mean, anybody who's struggling, I mean, you're not going to send scope to AAA. You're, I don't think you can at this point. I'm not. No, well, no, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, once you sign an extension, that's, I mean, like, logistically, he technically could, he has technically, um, could be sent down. I think at this point, though, because he's like a super five or whatever, whatever it is, or, you know, 10 year player or whatever, he would have to like accept an assignment, but, you know, kind of weird transactional things. But no, you're not going to send scope down. Um, but like, uh, I mean, yeah, like a Torkelson. Just gonna throw that one out there. Uh, <laughs> I the only the only problem with Torkelson is like the only other person mm, that conceivably mm, can play first base is no. Miggy. No, no. Scope. Well, you're not putting. You're not putting. You're not moving Scope Why? to a position to keep him in the lineup. Why? Because you're, he's hitting your favorite. Your favorite player downstairs in AAA, Cody Clemens, can play second base. That's all I'm saying. And I, I think that's his natural position, isn't it? Here's the difference between And he's Badu, torching the ball. Here, here's the difference between Badu and Torque right now. Badu needs to be sent down because he can't time up the baseball and he's not getting consistent playing time in the major leagues in order to fix that. Spencer Torkelson has solved AAA pitching. He, had, he, he has nothing more that he can do at AAA that's going to help him in the major leagues. The only thing that's going to help Spencer Torkelson figure out major league pitching is hitting major league pitching, taking these at bats. He has a great plate approach. He has all of the tools that he needs to fix it. I think that comparing apples to apples, his OBP is much better. I think it's still up near 300, if not over 300. So, I mean, just, just so we're being completely transparent and honest, he does have a way better on base percentage. He does get on base a lot more. Right. I, it's, I think that would be a complete misuse of Spencer Torkelson to send him down back down to AAA at this point. I just, I just wonder, dude, like, what does it look like to be able to give a guy a rest? I think one of the problems with this team and in some of even AJ's further quotes, if you, if you kept on reading, it talks about, and this is related to Badu, but he said it about the whole team is, um, you know, as soon as you start pressing, as soon as you start trying to solve every problem that is coming across your way in the next at bat or in the next plate appearance or in the next game or whatever it may be, 
you start running into problems. And I feel like Torque is taking a lot of this personally. And I think that he, I, I you know, I, I think it's a natural thing for the rookie to do. I think, I think for someone who's been amped up and, and talked about as much as he has, I think the same pressure would have been on green too. But I mean, I th- actually, I think he got the easy way out by breaking his foot, but I think, you know, when he's not personally contributing and the team then also isn't personally contributing. Again, you can kind of run into his mental thoughts. Like, man, if I just, if I had hit to one of these home runs or if I would have hit one of these balls in the gap, you know, we would have won this game. Or, you know, if I would have done this, if I would have done that, I really think that you can start going into these mental battles and you can't do that at the major league level. One, not everything is your fault, obviously. And two, this team doesn't need their eight hitter to to really be good. We need, we need a collection of all of them to, to make solid contact and to put good plate appearances together, but it's not just going to be one player who does it, but because you can have that mental mindset of, I got to press, I got to press, I got to press. You can torpedo downward. And honestly, I think we're seeing him a torque where I think he's, he's wearing the brunt of a lot of the woes of this team. I don't, I wouldn't say that I agree with that. He's still having good at bats. He's still doing the same exact thing he was doing before. It's just the results aren't as good as they were to start the year. I think it's all going to come around for him. I I don't I don't see him. He's he's a really smart kid. He's never succumbed to these pressures that he's had as a one one pick. He's never really you know struggled mentally with the with the um, adversity at any level so far. And I understand the major leagues is a completely different thing. Say, he's struggled with adversity up here. I mean, we can right. easily say it. There's been adversity. Yeah. hundred percent. But I think, like I said before, the only way that he's going to get out of this is just if he hits his way out of it. Like that's the only way that he can. Solve well, that's this. kind of my point though. I mean, if you, if you, and, and this is what AJ has been alluding to, you know, all last week during the Astro series is like, you know, if you, if you continue to press, you're only going to do the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. But and, he's and, not pressing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I definitely think that you see him ground out. And while he's not like slamming the bat down or anything, he's definitely feeling the 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 tenor of the rest of the ball club. And he's not producing either. And so I, I don't I don't know how you honestly, I don't know how you don't press in that situation. So it's just going to take a mental reset. And that's why I think maybe maybe Toledo for a month might not be the worst idea ever just as a mental reset. You said it, though. You, you said it. He has solved triple A pitching. That, that's true. I do have questions. I mean, again, this is easy to point out in hindsight because hindsight's 2020. But I mean, the average was never the best in triple A. And you saw that continually go down as he progressed throughout the minors hit home run numbers, power numbers, never really regressed, but his consistency at the plate did seem to regress. Um, I don't know if he will ever be an average hitter, which is not what we drafted him for, to be clear. I don't, I don't think that that's what we draft, but I, I don't know if he will ever turn that corner and be, Miguel Cabrera, um, which is realistically what this <laughs> what this team was kind of looking for. Um, that's a lot of pressure. So I I don't necessarily think that it will happen. I don't think that that's where we're at yet. But I think 
the clock is ticking. That's all I would say. Um, we had a couple more rookie debuts over over the week. That was fun. Um, the the pitching <laughs> rotunda, the pitching carousel, is that what we're going to call it at this point for the starting pitchers? Because geez, when you have two of ambulance uh, line, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Two of your integral starting pitchers going down. I mean, it's going to create so. Well, and then, and then Tyler Alexander now has has his injury or whatever that may be. I mean, we have two out of the four starting pitchers that we thought we'd have at the beginning of the year, and then Pineda joins. Like that makes three. So, so we have three, and we just kind of have been having to play. You know, who is it going to be um, for the next one? So, Fiedo, Alex Fiedo. Um, what was he? 2017, 2018 overall first overall pick or not first overall pick but number Let's one see here pick. i have him here drafted uh, the 40th round of the 2014 draft oh i thought he was our first round pick hold that uh they so the tiger oh that's interesting they they drafted him in 2014 in the 40th round and he didn't sign oh yeah and then yeah, they yeah. drafted him in the first round in 2017 okay. Cool. And did sign out of Florida. Right. I know that so basically right you can either. cut out everything I've said before. Cause I said 2017 first or first round. <laughs> I am so okay, sorry. Well, no, 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 it's fine. Correction. I didn't, I didn't believe in myself whatsoever. Okay, so yeah. Friends so fooled me. first round pick of 2017, the dude has been injured, 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 right? I mean, he, he's, I he battled Tommy John took him a while to come back. Um, He looked like a pretty good Rick Porcello. Not going to lie. Dude looked in control. He had a crazy sinker. Uh, apparently, he's supposed to have this wipeout slider, but like, you know, it didn't really show up. I think he only had like one or two strikeouts. Um, and one of them came on a pretty high slider that he definitely didn't mean to leave up there, but it just, <laughs> it completely fooled the Houston pitcher or the Houston, or no, the Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh, um, the Pittsburgh batter. So, and it sounds like he's going to get another start. So, what are your thoughts on Fado finally making his debut? Yeah, I mean, five innings pitched, eight hits allowed, two earned runs, a homer, one walk, one strikeout. One strikeout, yeah. You know, all in all, as a guy that's, you know, 26 years old, so he's on the older side, and he's been in the minors for a little bit now, not the worst outing. Uh, you know, I don't think he, anybody ever expected him this year, anyway, to be anything more than. I, I think we could agree his ceiling is a is a four or five starter at this point, but if if he can be this guy that you know gets gets some good ground ball outs and gets you know maybe eats some innings for you, there's some definite value in that, and especially for this team right now, which has some pretty unsure pitching starting pitching situation with everybody that's you know, injured or not injured or coming back from injury or about to get injured or whatever you want to say, it, it, that's, there's going to be some value where he's going to have, he's going to have an opportunity. And it, it looks like, you know, he said after the game that he was pretty nervous and I could not have told you that I, I could not tell you that it, uh, it seems like he's, he's, he was in control. It seemed like he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And yeah, I think he, I think there's, I think there's a better version of Rick Porcello in there. I think there's a, there's a, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe later in his Detroit career, Rick Porcello version. Well, and there. maybe the one that won the Cy Young and took up from Verlander. <laughs> That's another conversation for another day, but 
yeah, I, I was I was pretty impressed with uh, him. I didn't have really much expectations for him. We've heard his name quite a bit since 2017, you know, good and bad. And with, you know, all the injuries that he was a part of that fantastic eerie starting rotation and, you know, he fell off the map in 1920 with injuries and just I, I was just hoping to see him have a good start, honestly, just for him personally, because it feels like that'd be a pretty big lift for a guy that's had some pretty, pretty massive disappointments in his career. Yeah. And I don't know really what his um, skill set was pre Tommy John surgery, but I think um, especially for, you know, these guys who have now gone through Tommy John um, like Scooble and, and, and Fiedo now, and, and, you know, like I hope it doesn't happen to, you know, Mize or Manning or anything like that, but like, it, it, and we'll see what Turnbull next year, but like, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of an inevitable thing with, I mean, like there are, there are kids in like, not even the minor leagues, but there are kids in college who are just getting Tommy John surgery. Cause it's just a thing. And, and it's unfortunate. It's really, really bad epidemic in baseball, but I mean, these kids, whatever it may be, whether they're not on a pitch count or now they're super heavy on a pitch count and they're rested too much or, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see that you can still come back from these things. And I don't know what his velo was like before. I don't remember him necessarily being only like a a low nineties guy, but I mean, yeah, if he can, if he can manage to throw a nasty slider in there, he didn't look like he had a bad changeup either. Um, I didn't see any like curveballs or anything like slower than the slider. Um, but he's got some wicked sink on his fastball and I'm not, I'm not usually typically big on sinker ballers, but with this defense, um, Javi and, and scope up the middle, um, that can be a huge benefit and Comerica park, you know, lends itself to, to ground balls. I think at one point, didn't they have, didn't he have like, 15 ground ball outs or something or something crazy like i don't know it wasn't 15 but it, it was something insane like he had like a majority of ground ball outs so his his average right now he has fifth a 49 ground ball rate there you go yeah which I mean, is that's, elite that's, yeah that's uh, that's crazy um obviously some of those might squirt through every once in a while but at the same time you know you're pretty much good with the vacuum cleaners that are on either side of second base so it looks like for Thursday's game or Wednesday, Wednesday's game, Wednesday's game, Joey Wentz of the Shane green trade is going to make his debut. I'm excited for this one. Another guy who is coming back from Tommy John and another guy. I mean, I, of course I'm partial lefties. I'm just, I just, I'm a lefty myself. And so I just, I, I appreciate the lefties. This is one guy that we're really unsure of what his ceiling is, right? I mean, can he be, a number two starter. Some people think he is. Can he be a long reliever in the bullpen? Some people think that that's his ceiling. You know I mean? Like there's no, there's really no uh, way to tell without just kind of throwing him into the fire, but his last couple starts in, in triple a have been pretty electric. Um, look like he's kind of mid nineties at mid nineties. He's got a pretty wicked slider um, coming from the left side, left side. And then he also has this change up that, that also can, get a lot of hitters out um as much as i hate to say it it's at least one reason to watch the game on wednesday <laughs> you know what i mean like like i mean there there may not be a lot of offense that happens and man i would hate to be one of these kids who has to make their debut with this slumping slacking offense behind them um but 
it's still exciting because these kids have been talked about for the last five years and they're finally all here and they're finally all given a shot. I definitely don't think that any of them happened this early. If it wasn't for all these injuries and all of this unfortunate events that have come our way in April. Um, but if they can come up and, and make some inroads and, and, you know, turn some heads more power to them. You know, I don't, I don't think that uh, it's necessarily a bad thing just to throw people in the fire. Are you excited for Joey Wentz to start? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually just pulling up his, uh, his baseball reference page and it, it completely slipped my mind that he was a part of that Shane Green trade. Um, I, I guess I always assumed that we drafted him, which is odd, but anyway, high school along guy, with Travis Demerit, who is kind of hitting very well for the Braves right now, which is awkward, but um, I wasn't going to bring that part up. <laughs> hey, we, we can have, we can have a Alavila trade podcast. Oh, another day. No, let's not actually, <laughs> but uh, first round kid out of high school, you know, pretty late first round guy from 2016. So he's been on minors for a solid eight years, which is, you know, some injury in there. And that's, that is what it is, but you now he's bounced around. He's been a part of, I think like, what does this say? Six different minor league baseball teams in his career. So, you know, he's, he's not your prototypical prospect know, prospect coming up, but I'm excited. I, you, you wonder what kind of a future he has on this team with all of the lefties in the starting rotation. And you, you just, I think there's a good picture in there. And like I said, with Alex Fajardo, I don't have very many uh, expectations for this kid. seems like he had a little bit of a rocky start to AAA this year, but I just, for him, hope that he has a good start, you know, regardless of the outcome of the game. I hope that he he pitches how he wants to, and I hope that he just performs well and that this debut for him is everything that he dreamed of because, you know, the Tigers offense may or may not be there to pick him up, and I just hope that he's not disappointed with the team that he he, he debuts with. But Yeah, I, it's not about the wins or losses for pitchers anymore. It's just it's way more about did you have a good outing, did you go out there and compete and probably throw five innings and you probably won't go over five innings. And were you able to make a couple hitters look silly and then also just, you know, throw, throw some solid baseball. Do you think he has a better start than what, or than uh, Fajardo or do you think he, he slumps a little bit? Um, I think he has, I think he has a pretty similar start to Fajardo. Um, I didn't necessarily, and I meant to say this earlier too. I didn't necessarily love to start i think he got quite lucky on a lot of the fly balls that he did allow i think a lot of them dropped in front of the wall rather than going over the wall um he allowed eight, eight hits which is it's just not what you want in five innings it's pretty high along with the walk so i think there's improvement there for wentz or for uh Fiedo, excuse me but i definitely think wentz has a, has opportunity to catch some people off guard i think he has a better start than Fiedo. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, uh, whether or not he, you know, better, whatever, whatever the metrics say, I think it'll just be a, a serviceable start. And I think he'll go out there and throw five innings and um, will he get a next start? I think that's a more interesting question that I don't know about with Casey Myers and Matt Manning probably being hopefully just throughout the quarter, especially Matt. Um, so this upcoming week, we have a five game series, which is currently 
in game one uh, against the Athletics, and then we play the Orioles. And hearing those names feels like we got to at least win these series, if not sweep one of them. And it would be pretty cool if we could sweep both of them. Um, Don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I would say that this next week of baseball is pretty important. And we'll say a lot about this team and whether or not they can actually be, I know we talked about competitive earlier, you know, maybe we're not talking so much about a competitive baseball team, but I brought up to you off air over the Houston series. You know, what does it look like if this team doesn't meet the record or, you know, like uh, tie the record from last year, 2021 tigers. And I feel like, and it's early. I get it. There's still like 130 some odd games to play, but I feel like these, these series are the ones you got to control. Um, what's unfortunate for us is the athletics are not playing bad baseball, which everyone thought they would be. And they're really not playing terrible baseball. Um, I think they have like one, one better game than us. And they've been surprisingly competent at the very least um, for a triple a baseball team at the, at the, at the least. And <laughs> the Orioles have won four out of five going into Monday. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about this upcoming week of games? Definitely feels like we're catching both of these teams at a pretty unfortunate time. Um, currently, right How now, unlucky can you get? Well, it seems like there's always a new low for the luck on this Tigers team currently. Uh, right now, the A's are winning two to two to nothing on the Tigers. Uh, and I also want to point out Spencer Torkelson strikes out. I would like to also point out that John Scope has a hard hit single. So, <laughs> okay, all right. There, there's your positive and negative feedback from, there you go. There from, you from go. the boys today. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. When he talks about records for this year, I just. It feels like it would be a setback if we don't reach the record that we did last year. Oh, it would be more than a setback. I would say that it would be completely inexcusable. That's what I would say. Oh, I, I'm not doubting that. I'm just for going for moving forward from this year, just looking into into next year. I nobody nobody who knows anything about baseball thought the Tigers were going to compete for a World Series this year. I think most people thought that there was an outside chance that they would be able to maybe snag a wild card spot if everything fell their way. And clearly everything's not falling our way, but I think that maybe 500 was within reach of this team at, at, at kind of a middle ground and where I, I would love to see this team still pull it off, but if they can't play well versus the A's and the Orioles in May, then I think we've got some, some bigger problems and, you know, I have, I have game day up on my, on my browser right now, right alongside all the stats and stuff I pulled up and I see the Cincinnati Reds beating the Milwaukee Brewers 10 to five right now. And it's the Cincinnati Reds have been the absolute laughing stock of major league baseball right now. And they are pulling ever closer these last week or so to the Detroit Tigers record. And that is such a bad look for this team. It's it's such a bad look for this team because this team we we spent money and we signed players like we wanted to contend for a wild card spot, 
and we're starting to be in the same well we're in the same conversation and starting to be even lower than the laughing stock Cincinnati Reds so I think that's a dire dire sign and I think that it's still somewhat reversible but if we're gonna have to do something pretty impressive this week in order to not be abysmal right and I mean right at some point you just have to take what the product in the field is and I get it sample size is sample size but at this point we are a month into the season and at some point you just have to start winning games whatever an average might be whatever how many strikeouts you get however many uh walks you get whatever you need to get players across home plate and not turning around and going back to the dugout with nothing to show for it and at some point they just need to get better about it and it's a tough it's a it's a tough stretch to get yourself out of um so knowing this week's schedule instead of maybe doing you know pitcher and hitter predictions for this week let's just uh guesstimate what their record will be after sunday's game going into monday they play eight games in seven days and so my guess is their record they will Surprisingly, as maybe actually have a positive week and go five and three over these stretches. And so that'll bring their record to 13 and 22. What do you think the record will be at the end of the week? This is the point when I'm typically the one that I'm like, I mean, clearly, if anyone listened to last week's podcast, I thought that my hot take was so they were going to sweep the Astros. And yeah, you were, you, I think were, you were hoping for AJ's sake. I, I feel like we, we fell a few hits shy of maybe falling a game short, but it's, it's still, I think a little wishful thinking. Um, I think for this, I'm going to go just a touch more conservative and we have nine wins right now. Eight wins, eight wins right now, eight wins right now. I say we go uh, 12 and 21. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's last optimist, optimistic than mine. And I need to, and I need for it to be said, uh, we were talking about Mize and Manning and the, the news coming out from them is that they, they shouldn't be within a week. Neither of them should be within a week. I think um, Man- Manning need, is slated to make at least two or three or more. Uh, uh, starts. Two or three. They want to. Really? They want to build his pitch count back up where he can hop back in and pitch five or six. Okay. Well, um, so Johnny Kane said on the broadcast today that it would be like he's going to do one more rehab start and then catch his next spot, like spot in the rotation. Is that not the case? Or um, that is from Cody Stavenhagen. Is the is the report that I just I just quoted? Oh, That's geez. that is okay. that is what he 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 has been saying. I don't know what Johnny Kane knows. I don't know what anyone knows. I'm just telling you what 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 I have. Heard. Right, right. Cody Stavenhagen, another fantastic beat reporter for the Detroit Tigers, athletic employee. So let's move on from the Tigers and go around the league. And I, I have to admit that um, it's hard for me to watch other baseball teams like a full nine innings when the Tigers are not the greatest, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up what Shohei Otani did on Thursday 
afternoon against the Boston Red Sox. Now, this was Otani's first time pitching at Fenway. And the Angels ended up winning 8-0. to But that doesn't tell the whole story because the game was 0-0 to until the seventh inning. The Angels scored all of their runs after the seventh inning. So you may be thinking, oh, Otani, it was so easy for him to, you know, settle in. And, and you know, he had 11 strikeouts. And, oh, my gosh, it's, it's so easy when your team is giving you offense. No, no. He, he had zero offense the entire game and really for his entire start almost. And he kept the Boston Red Sox in check. Now, I get it. The Boston Red Sox are, are playing way below what they're capable of, but still they're a competent baseball team and better than the Oakland athletics and the Baltimore Orioles. So his pitching line for that week, I have to go back to it because it's, it's well worth talking about his pitching line for that game, seven innings pitch, six hits. He did allow six hits, no walks. And that's, that's big for Otani because he's sometimes wild and 11 strikeouts. The dude was in control. Now, of course, of course, he also plays on the other side of the ball too. He batted third and he had two hits and an RBI. And one of those hits was a double. This guy's the best player in baseball. And I mean, like, it's, I don't even know if it's close. I honestly, I like, I get it. Mike Trout, I get it. He's, and, and honestly, you probably have the best two players of playing baseball right now on the same team. But Shohei Otani is from another planet. And anytime, I'm not watching all of his at bats, but I'm watching almost all of his pitching performances. He is must see TV and he will never cease to stop amazing me. What's your around the league for the week? Uh, my around the league for, uh, wow, that is hard to say for some reason. <laughs> uh, my around the league for the week is that the Yankee Stadium is not a little league ballpark. Oh. That, that is my around the league comment. Uh, I would have thought? I am the first person that will come to you and say that I think that Yankee Stadium is a problem. I think that the short porch out in right field at Yankee Stadium is ridiculous. I think it's there's no reason that it needs to be like that. It's I, I don't I don't 100% know I don't know the exact number the 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 dimensions out in right field. Sorry, that was the word I was looking for. Um, I don't know the exact dimensions of right field at Yankee Stadium. I know it's in the low 300s, like three. I think it's 329. 29, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's no reason there needs to be that short of a wall anywhere unless you have a 30-foot-high green monster attached to it. Um, I think there, in baseball there definitely needs to be some sort of standard when it comes to ballparks and walls and dimensions i think it, i think it doesn't need to be exact you know exactly uniform across the league i think there can be some some parameters that you need to work within i think there can be a little bit of uniqueness allowed but i think there needs to be some a little bit more reining in of those but all of that to say that 
Glaber Torres hit a walk-off home run for the New York Yankees over the Texas Rangers on Easter Sunday. And his home run traveled, according to MLB StatCast, 369 feet to right field at Yankee Stadium. Won them the game, three-run homer, crazy. Glaber Torres. Big deal. Big deal. Uh, also, a stat I heard today, Glaber Torres now leads Major League Baseball in walk-off hits since he came into the league in 2018 or hmm. 2019. Clutch is a statistic. Would have never guessed that that would be the one that he would hmm. lead. Anyway, uh, after the game, and this is, I'm, I'm quoting uh, Chris Woodward, who is the manager of the Texas Rangers. He says, quote, small ballpark. That's an easy out in 99% of ballparks. Uh, brackets Torres just happened to hit it in a little league ballpark to right field. One, that's some bad math. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, an, an account that I love to follow on Twitter and shout out to them is what it dong, what it dong. It's a fantastic <laughs> Twitter feed. They, they follow a lot of hard hit balls, whether they're flyouts, doubles, home runs, triples, anything close to the wall. They, they put it up there. They run their stats on it and they, they say, would it dawn? Would it be a home run? How many ballparks would it be a home run in that kind of thing? And their, their assessment of that hit was, it would be a hit in 26 out of 30 ballparks. Be a hit or a home run, a home run. Excuse me. It would have been a home run in 26 out of 30 ballparks. Now I am no mathematician, but uh, that is not 99%. Nope. Uh, so 29 out of 30 would have been 96.7 and 26 out of 30 is actually 86.7, <laughs> but you know, Hey, who's counting. Yeah. I, it just seems like a little bit of sour, sour grapes from Texas. And I, I love the, the gamesmanship and the, the trash talk. It's fun, but I feel like you kind of got to back, back up your trash talk with a little bit of factualness. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think baseball is better as a whole when the Yankees are playing well and they're playing well right now. They're, they're playing real well. I think it has a bring a lot of people to the game, bring a lot of people do the big markets. and, And this year, the big markets are showing out. Both LA teams are in first place. Both, uh, New York teams are in first place. It's, it's, it's a good sign, but I, I just think we need to keep them on a little bit of a leash. I'm not a huge Yankees fan, and I think that uh, they got to start to get to their heads a little bit, and that's it's not, it's not what you like to see as, as, a, as a, any other team fan. So no, that's my right. And, and I think it's interesting you said, you know, kind of what you said about Chris Woodward. I, would you ever hear those words out of A.J. Hinch's mouth? I think we would check our ears if we ever heard anything close to that from our man. Right. I mean, like you, you would think that he's been kidnapped by someone else. I mean, you just don't say stuff like that. Like I get it. We're all thinking it and that's fine. But then, I mean, one, you're incorrect. It would have been a home run in in four other ballparks or whatever, or whatever it would have been. 20, 25 other ballparks. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I I thought about the stat the other, the opposite way. Okay. Sorry. It would have been a, you know, a, 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 home run in 25 other ballparks so no you're incorrect chris woodward and then also two you just can't show up the team that you just got beat by like that's that's hysterical 
you just, you take your lumps and like, I get it. Like the Rangers, like you guys haven't played necessarily to, to what you probably are capable of with signing some of those huge big name free agents. Uh, but welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, he did come out and kind of walk it back today. I did see it. Just see this. Uh, he says, quote, probably bad words on my part. I gave it a layup for a lot of people, but listen, I meant no disrespect, obviously to this place. And it's obviously a world-class organization and ballpark. I understand why Yankees fans will get upset about it. That's why I love them. End quote. So fair enough. Yeah, no, that, that's good. I, you know, he came out. At least he, at least, you know, when you're wrong and you, admit it. that's, that's okay. I'm, I am yeah. definitely a proponent of, of being able to, to admit your, your shortcomings. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Admitting your mistake. I mean, we all make mistakes and that that's good that he actually came out in you know, public against, you know, the media and gave a pretty public apology. So that's good. Any hot takes for the week, Josh? Uh, my hot take for the week is that we're going to see Cody Clemens up this week. Okay. So you can't just say that and then say who's going to, who's going to come down. See, this is the, uh, I was going to say something similar, but I was going to say torque. Willie Castro will be sent back down. Nope. Willie Castro is your starting center fielder tomorrow. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation that I do no, not dude, want to I'm, be a part of. I'm telling you, I, Willie Castro is staying on this team. He, he's, he's, he, he, uh, AJ Hinch, Loves his Swiss Army knives, and he sees Willie Castro as a Swiss Army knife. Hitting or not, it doesn't matter. If if he even looks like a, like a tree out in center field, I don't think it'll matter. I think if he can at least catch a baseball. I mean, did you see did you see how he looked in the Houston series? Out in the out in the outfield? I mean, the dude, the dude went three different directions on every fly ball. He went out and then he went in and then he went out. I mean, like I get it; these balls are they're they're tough to track because it, it seems like off the bat, like everything's going to be a home run and then they, everything just dies. Like it, it's not an easy year to play outfield. I get it, but which side are you taking? I can't tell. I can't. Oh, tell. I'm, do you want him playing in the outfield or no? I don't. No, I don't want him anywhere near the outfield. I'm just saying that he's somewhat competent and and he's a switch hitter. And he's putting together some kind of at bats, and and AJ likes that. And so, no, he he is Willie Castro is is staying firmly on this ball club. In fact, that's going to be my hot take. Willie Castro stays on the team this week. Don't know about next week, but this week he's <laughs> we on the team. We don't know anything past probably the doubleheader tomorrow. Honestly, with most well, of the- one team's one. They're flipping. Did you see this? They're they're flipping one one. At one point, they're, they're both games are at Comerica. At one point, Tigers are at home, and then the next game, the Tigers are away. And so I, know, I saw I saw it on the schedule. I said the one game was in one color, the other game was in the other color. I thought it was a typo. I was very confused. Yeah. No, I, I think it's just because of the makeup from the beginning of the year. But they 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 tossed around the idea of of wearing away blue or sorry away grays. Uh, but I guess oh, are they not? Wear, are no, they, no, I got they're just gonna wear the old English D the entire time our namesake. And with that, (laughs) and with that, thank you guys for joining us, Josh. Thank you for accompanying me on this sixth episode of the old English D podcast. Where can they find us on the socials? They can find us at Twitter on Twitter as old English pod, old English pod on Twitter. Uh, we have the audio version of the of the last podcast on YouTube. I'm thinking I'm going to try and work on that tomorrow as well and get that put up on YouTube for you guys. If you 
If you like that platform better, we'll have it available there. We're available on Spotify for this. We're available on Apple Podcasts. If you like it there better, we have that as as well. Um, as, as just a kind of an ending, uh, ending conversation here, it is the uh, top of the ninth or, or bottom of the ninth, and uh, Javier Baez and AJ Hinch have been ejected by home play umpire Nick Mar Marley. So, oh, so good. that's where I'm we're sure, at. I'm sure we have a snafu that happened there. Okay, well, I can't wait to learn about that. Until next time, guys, thank you for joining us. Goodbye.